Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, it is a pre-long weekend version of such, which is great time for me to uh, let you know we will not be doing a show next Monday. Um, decided out of the goodness of my heart, I'm going to let the staff have a long weekend. Just how I roll. It's just how I roll. Benevolent leader, I believe is the term. Benevolent, that's what we are. Um, before we get going, and we've got a crisis in this country we need to address, uh, we're broadcasting live from Treaty 7 territory. Everyone is welcome. This is an inclusive and safe podcast. We have a crisis, a crisis in this country right now. My God, now what do we do? The Toronto Maple Leafs are gone and the Edmonton Oilers are gone. Um, we, we must somehow form a circle and protect the children uh, from what is coming, uh, because clearly uh, we cannot be fans of just one team. We have to have that uh, jingoistic, jingoistic, I believe is the term, uh, all for one, one for all attitude, nobody since 93. Uh, we, not listen, two weeks ago, uh, some donkey who had a podcast on this very nation with a similar name said, hey, hey Toronto Edmonton, first time since 89, I can see it. Well, that didn't happen. Both teams losing in six. Uh, <clears throat> so you're welcome, uh, whoever, you know, took that and ran with it. Um, well, Edmonton losing last night 5-2 to Vegas. Uh, tonight, Dallas and Seattle. It is completely possible, completely possible, that the two most recent expansion teams will meet in the Western Conference Final, which uh, on its surface doesn't really feel that you know, I, I think this is the fourth time in six years that Vegas has gone to a conference final. Seattle, two years in the league, could go to a conference final. Um, it just seemed like back in, in 2003 when the Minnesota Wild went on that incredible run and ended up, you know, they, well, by incredible run, I mean they hooked and held everybody and played the most boring brand of hockey since, you know, God was a cowboy. Having said that, uh, expansion teams, Florida, every once in a while pop in there, but uh, this is completely different. Um, having said that, uh, there's no joy in Mudville today up in Edmonton. They are uh, wondering how, how come they failed. Toronto, uh, early word appears that there may not be significant changes coming, but the, uh, the villagers are restless and have pitchforks and torches out. Uh, so we might get into that. But you know what? I, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that uh, we already, by the way, uh, Ryan Pike later on, but already got a great guest in studio. Hell, guest, co-host. Let's go with co-host. Um, brought to you by Ski Cellar Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. 76 years in Calgary, three locations, McLeod Trail by Chinook Center, 17th Avenue Southwest, just off of 14th Street, Borridge Road Northwest, by McDonald's at the uh, bottom of the hill by Windsport. Uh, you know him, you love him, uh, 89 Stanley Cup champion, uh, one of the all-time greats, 
third or fourth or fifth time on this program already, and we've only been around six weeks. Colin Patterson from the Flames Alumni joins us. Patter, how are you? Excellent, Rob. Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you volunteering as we speak? Shouldn't you be out saving cats or, or you know, putting out burning buildings? Like, what was your weekend? Like, you were supposed to be here. Not supposed to be. I asked if you could come on Friday. You could not. What were you doing Friday? Friday, we had the Breaking Free Foundation, the third annual Fired Up for Mental Health wood sale. Okay. And that was at Bracco yep. Furniture. So Smoking Good Wood, uh, Len at Smoking Good Wood, uh, sells bundles of wood for $10 and the Breaking Free Foundation, which helps people deal with trauma, yep. uh, gets $5 of that. So okay. we're doing that on Friday. Thursday night, we had an event, too, for Breaking Free down at the Trop. Yep. It was great. Uh, you know, Theo was there. Lanny was there. And then Saturday, we were back at it uh, with the wood sale. And sure enough, you know, Tim Hunter and Dana Merzen show up. So, you know, just uh, our alumni is so good. There's so many events going on right now, and the guys are just very generous with their time. Well, there are. We should also point out, as speaking of very generous, the Flames Foundation with a significant contribution to the community, $400,000 in pump tracks, and that saw the alumni out. I saw Reggie was out and uh, some other players. Uh, Tim Hunter, I think, was part yeah, of that, too. Dana was part of that, Dana too, was that, well. yeah. We had yeah. our Pump It Up guys. Have you, well, that. have you been to a pump track yet? No, you know what? I haven't. Uh, probably with the new knee, uh, probably should stay away from the pump track for life. Uh, sure. Yeah, but I think you should go watch it. Oh, I think it would be great to watch. Yeah, I was shocked. I, I heard about them, and as an advocate, you know, we, as we both are, about having you know, recreational facilities for kids in our community. I thought, well, yeah, sure. Okay, this is cool. And then I went and saw it. Holy crap. Those things are incredible. And they're busy. And they are busy. Right? Like, it's awesome. And that's the great part of it, right? You know, Dana and Tim were just talking about it, uh, how, you know, they had the one girl come out and do a little uh, exhibition and, you know, she went around the top and then down and up and down and up and, and never pedaled. Yeah. Which was crazy. Yeah. It's insane. But um, there's you have to kind of follow the lines. Like, you can't go the wrong way. Like, it's the which, wrong place to go against the grain. Which has been my style. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Get out there and, and pedal the wrong way. Um, we are 10 days away from the Masters Golf Tournament? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, well just, you confirmed that. The days too. Yeah. 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 And that's obviously a significant moment on the calendar for the alumni. Absolutely, big moment. It's our Masters Golf Tournament, and we raise money for CP kids and families for their adaptive bike program, and it's a fantastic program as we've talked mm-hmm. about before. And uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a special time for our alumni. It's our our longest running event. It's, I think we're at twenty six years now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And are we expecting a, a good alumni turnout? Always. Yeah, okay. we always do. And the, the team rallies and, you know, if whatever guys are asked to come play, they come and play and they support it. Yeah. Um, we should also point out, because you won't and I will, uh, that a week ago yesterday, the alumni uh, hosted and paid for a superheroes banquet for the first time. So we were able to bring all the kids together from the three superheroes teams, which the alumni have adopted. Yeah, and it was, uh, well, you were there, Yeah, you know, both were there, and it was a very special day uh, to see the kids in an environment like that, which they've never been part of, you know, part of a banquet, part of the awards, and part of speeches, and I was really impressed with, uh, we had at the rooftop, Yep. and, you know, I thought, oh, you know, the kids are running around, what's going to happen, and then I thought about it for a bit, and I go, 
boy, that place was designed for stampede parties. I go, this will be nothing for them. But the kids were great. They had a great time. Uh, very uh, well-behaved, mm-hmm. especially when their peers were up on stage talking. Yeah. And I was really impressed with the speeches that the kids did. And it was just a fun atmosphere. It was a great way to wrap up the season. Well, they continue to to show us the way, don't they, in so many? You know, we're the ones that put parameters on them. And we go, well, can they or will they? And and this was just another example. To your point, like, the speeches were absolutely incredible, right? And and the other kids took it all in. It was, it was a great family event. The nice thing about... The superheroes is now we're transitioning them into giving back to the community. So they were with me on Friday, Friday. On, on Saturday, Saturday at Pet Value and Deer Run, and we were uh, collecting uh, donations of pet food and things for parachutes for pets. And we've now the kids are like you guys did, right? Like you know, Special Olympics is coming up on their golf tournament. You guys were early adapters. The you know not the alumni, the Flames were early adapters of Special Olympics here in Calgary. That's what hockey teams do, and, and they're now beginning to have that identity too, which they're getting the whole experience. Yeah, which is great. And, you know, and the, the camaraderie that they have formed, you know, amongst the, mm-hmm. the kids and the parents. And, you know, it's like uh, people ask, what's it like? I go, it's like any hockey team I've ever played with or coached. or You know, I mean, yep. you get serious kids, you get funny kids, you get, you know, uh, you know kids who – you know, want to work hard, kids who just go, ah, you know what, it's great, kids who love the sport, kids who are just mm-hmm. enjoying it. And and that's the beauty of it. It is like any other team that you've ever been on. And, yep. and you know what, the kids find friends within there. Yeah. Um. All right, let's jump in. Uh, Edmonton eliminated last night, Toronto eliminated on Friday. Are, are you... Are you all right? You okay? Oh, I, mean, I mean, are you having withdrawal? Uh, is this somehow cataclysmic, cataclysmic for you? Well, you know, surprisingly, I had a birthday on uh, May 11th, and part of my birthday wish was that both those teams would lose out, and, you know, surprisingly, <laughs> they did. It was great. <laughs> I was I, – I enjoy watching Toronto, you know, in the playoffs especially, mm-hmm. and because you just get jammed down your throat with every radio stage, TV stage, everything's Toronto, But Toronto, you're an Toronto. Ontario kid. Yeah, but I go, there's only so much you can take, and uh, – the beauty of it is they're out, but they, they won't make any changes. You know, they'll talk a big game, but, oh, no, we're, that's, you know, part of the process is, you know, now we got to the second round. Well, it's taking in nine years in this this uh, plan to get there. That That's fantastic. Yeah. You yeah. Know, now you're going to get to the second round. And to me, I go, uh, they lack the grit that you need to win. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The guys who have the grit were sitting up in the press box. I go, why wouldn't you put Wayne Simmons in? You know, tell me that, and then then maybe you've got an answer for me. But I, I can't, like, I look at, you know, the guys with grit on that team, and they're very, you know, that, that you need to sort yep. of extend and, yep. and play in the playoffs, and that that's what they're missing. But they had that against Tampa, right? Because that's Tampa's thing. Tampa, yeah. Tampa will outgrit you, and they took a victory lap after that six-game series and said, see, yeah. look what we did, yeah. right? And, and that's that's Toronto, right? They were planning the parade. Everything was great. They were going to win the cup. And, uh, you know, but you look at uh, – they were lucky to get out of the Tampa series. Tampa made some, you know, miscues at, at times when they were up. And, you know, and that changes uh, the dynamics and the momentum. Uh, but, yeah, I was sort of pleased that they, they did lose. I, I, yeah, I didn't have a horse in the race. They go, they go. But to me, it was always going to be, well, if they go, then I could watch Gio and, and TJ yeah, Brody. Because I like that those part, guys, yeah, right? That part was There's a sad that connection. Part, yeah. yeah. There's that connection. And then last night, it was the Oilers who 
really shocked the hell out of me. I thought they were going to come back on home ice. And the way that game started, oh. I, I just thought, oh, okay, last team with the puck's going to win. Um, they couldn't outscore them. And, and Aiden Hill, I don't know, man. And we can get into this. Aiden Hill makes whatever it was, like 38 saves on 40 shots. I, I You know, we, we've everybody that comes on says, well, you know, you can't win in this league without a goalie. You can't win in the league. What's he, number four there? Like, is yeah, he number four on the depth chart? But you, you can't win without a hot goalie, right? That's a good way of putting it. And, yeah, yeah. And no matter who it is, and you, when you think back of uh, Vegas's first year, they must have gone through five goaltenders. Yep. But every one of those goaltenders went on a run. Yeah. Because you know, you know, one guy would play yep. great, and then he'd get injured, and then they'd go, oh, we got to get this other guy. And I think they did go through five goalies, and every one of them played spectacular. And then, obviously, Fleury, who has, you know, so much uh, – you know, experience yep. and, yep. you know, he just brings calmness to a team. Um, you know, he takes them all the way to the finals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's what a, a hot goalie can do. And, I, you know, there aren't too many teams that win that don't have a hot goalie. Right. You know, you might not have the best goalie in the league, but right. he's the hottest at that time. And, and when you look at it, you go, boy, you know, Seattle, like a Grubauer. Was he hot in the first round, and he was hot in the second? He's hot and cold a bit now yeah. in the second. But, yeah. you know, if you can catch him on that right game, which, you know, they're hoping for tonight, yeah. uh, that sort of says it. You know, Ottinger, you know, he's he's a great goalie. And, you know, he's had a few tough games, but you know what? Uh, you get him hot, and that's going to be it. Uh, Bobrovsky, who's been, you know, probably the best goalie in the East. But didn't start. Yeah. But didn't start. Yeah. And then found the net again, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's it is absolutely crazy, um, and it's neat to see those stories too. I, I like those. I do too. I just don't think we take that into consideration enough. That you know we get too locked in, and you must have this, and you must have that. Same thing with defensemen, right? Oh. You know, you got to have this type of defenseman. You got to have that type of defenseman. You got to have defensemen that are gamers. Yeah, gamers and have grit. And every you know, and every guy, you, that's what you need. Yeah, you know, that's that's what drives your whole playoffs is. You know, the gamers, the guys with grit, the guys that, you know, and, and you need the unexpected scorers. Right. You know, it can't be the same guys every time. I, you know, when you sit there and you watch Edmonton, and I go, they got the two best players in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're watching their power play. You go, well, they're doing the same thing every time, you know, on the, how they get yep. into the zone. Maybe you should think about, you know, if you're the penalty uh, killer, well, boy, why don't I just follow McDavid to start with, and then I'll go right at Dreisaitl, you know. Uh, but... Obviously, their power play was spectacular. I mean, they were 47%. Record-breaking. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, and I mean, there was a couple, probably a couple plays last night, you know, and I, I'm anything, you know. Yep. A-B. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a high stick near the end. And mm -hmm. it wasn't, you know, it was an intentional one. But he did catch uh, Ekholm with a high stick. And the guy blood's pouring out. And, and they don't call that. But you tap somebody on the stick and, you know, and it breaks or a piece of tape falls off and you've got a two-minute penalty. I, that part, I, you know, you sort of struggle with. And I, I struggle with, you know, what's a penalty now and what isn't. And then, you know, the goals that are called back and how long it takes. And, yeah. Well, and there's – so there's lots of – there's lots of ways of, of this onion to be peeled. Um, let me take you back to the – First thing that jumped out at me, it was, it was seconds. It was seconds that that game was over. Here's why the Oilers' season was a failure. You fail, you fail, you fail. When you were playing in the 80s in the, battle, in the height of the Battle of Alberta, it was often said that, you know, your team was designed to, to beat them. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. really – you were chasing them to beat them. If you lost to the Oilers in the playoffs – 
was it a failure? Um, or did you lose to the the team you were – you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you look at it, and every time we lost, uh, you know, in the playoffs, I always looked at it as a failure because you always wanted yeah. to win. Yeah. Um, you know, as you as you go back over the years and you look, you go, yeah, there were probably years we, we should have beat them and we didn't. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that is that is a failure, you know, but you learn from your failures, you know. Um, it's not necessarily, you know, it's all bad. No, you got to look at the good things that you've done and, boy, how do we get to the next level? You know, back in those days, uh, in our days, where, you know, if we want to get out of our division, yep. you had to beat, you know, Winnipeg and the Oilers. Yep. And, you know, if you focus too much on Winni- on the Oilers, Winnipeg would beat you. So, yeah, yeah you yeah. sort of had to play yeah. that. But, you know, the whole end goal was you got to compete against the Oilers to get out. You know, they were the they were the best team, best team in the league. And, you know. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not suggesting for a second that anybody should whistle a happy tune and say, okay, we'll get them next year. No. But. But that's the, the, this conversation sometimes doesn't allow for what what is what is Vegas done here? Yeah, I right? mean, yeah, and there's there's growth on both sides, right? You know, I thought Vegas was coming together at the right time. Yeah, like during the year, you know, they had lots of injuries, but those things are starting to piece together. Yeah, and, you know, I think Mark Stone is a big part of that team obviously not only as a player but a leader and, and if you look at the first round when he first came back I mean it's tough to come back and you know even during the regular season if you've missed a, a large yep. portion of it yep. let alone come back in the playoffs and he was struggling for his wind and everything else but you could see the team getting better and better and uh, when I watched the Edmonton series uh, I was shocked that they that they won I, I truly was but they started to play better as a team that third period last night uh, I was going, oh, you know, I'll get up and go get a, a drink. And I go, I couldn't because there's no whistles. Yeah. I mean, there was, I, I would think there's probably like five or six whistles. Yeah. In that, that whole period. It they was, played it fast. Yeah. It was fast. It was end to end. It was back and forth. And, you know, there's lots of chances for Edmonton to score and they didn't. And that's where, you know, you need that production from the second and third tier guys. And, you know, and I, I look at that Warren Fogle. I thought he played really well. Mm-hmm. You, know, and you need more guys like that to chip in. And, yeah. you know, and some of the, the, and that's, but you look at that, you go, that's real growth for Edmonton. Like to get where they were, I thought. I'd run but, that team back. Oh man. You know, and I go, uh, Skinner, I thought played really well. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. I mean, you, yeah. you know, Hey, did he let two goals in last night that, you know, sure. Off the first, two, but so did Hill. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I just, I, I, I look at, a, and again, I have no interest in cheering for a Canadian team because they're a Canadian team. No. I have none. Like, this is my club team allegiances, yeah. my national allegiances at the Olympics or the World Hockey Championships. I, I don't need a Canadian. Having said that, I, I glad it was them and not me. That 8 o'clock start was something else. Yeah, and, and I go... Like, and there's another thing about Toronto. Well, Toronto loses out, so now the East isn't, you know, Eastern Canada isn't interested in hockey anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, why wouldn't they have moved that game to, you know, 6 o'clock our time? Ah, and, uh, be- yeah. because you want Stephen A. Smith to talk about hockey. Yeah. You chased ESPN. You got ESPN. You told us how great it was to have ESPN. And guess what? ESPN screwed you. Yeah. Because they made you stay on until after a blowout baseball game, which is their bigger property. Yeah. Right, and so I, I just look at that and I go, "That's another reason that I'm sort of happy Toronto's out." <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I you know it's somebody else, and I I kind of reposted it. You know, we, we're all mad at the new teams and the new southern markets and all or whatever we're mad at, and then you know they hire smart guys, they get 
things done and and now we're mad at them for being successful um you know you could have this vegas seattle matchup which is right yeah i think it's great i you know and i what it shows to me is that um where's the scouting for all the other teams like you can tell me oh we didn't get a first round pick well how many first round picks are you know playing on your team now and how many guys are free agents you know what percentage are probably mm-hmm. you know on the on average it's like 10 to 15 percent in the league are guys that never got drafted and then then you look at well how many guys are second round how many guys are third fourth mm-hmm. fifth and, and yep. above and and you know if you don't have first round picks okay so unless you're in the top four or five you're not really guaranteed you're going to get a a great player well, I'm not who's going to sure, step right but, in. But I'm not sure how much of that helps Seattle. Matty Benier is okay. Yeah, great pick. Matty but they, they're not even, they're not an old enough franchise to have second and third round picks play yet. Yeah. Right? But I go, it's the guys they've picked up. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and everybody goes, well, no, they got uh, preferential treatment on the expansion draft. I go, those were all guys that other teams, you know, third or fourth line guys. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they're leaving a, a, a superstar open. Those are all third and fourth line guys. Or, you know, and I look at, you know, Vegas when they did it. Well, they did a smart move. You know, they they got a, a, a real good solid core. And I think they Vegas sort of, to me, got away from it and went after the shiny objects. Yes. With some, you yes. know, big name signings. But yes. I look at Seattle and I go, you know, they stuck with it. They've got, you know, do they have superstars? No, but they've got very good players yeah. who play a great team game. Yeah. And I mean, like Cartier. Yep. I go, where is he? How did people miss him? Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, no, exactly. He, you know, he was a free agent. You know, he was never drafted. Yep. Yeah. So, but they also were smart. They got the Yan Gordys of yeah. the world. And, oh, and yeah. It got guys who know to win and, you know, competitors. And yeah. that's what you want. Guys who are competitors and gamers. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other side, I mean, for me, I, I don't know how you feel, but I, I've watched Matthew Kachuk this, this spring, and I that Matthew Kachuk, this Matthew Kachuk, could have beaten the Oilers last year. If he was that guy last year, they would have won that series. Yeah. But he just – and that's evolution, I suppose. Or, I mean, it's a pretty dramatic evolution, but that kid's – boy, that – I mean, he's third – he was one of the three for the heart, which we know McDavid's going to win, so it's yeah. the wrong year. But he is legitimately one of the top players in the league now. He is. And, you know, and he's, he's worked hard. I watch him out there, and he works hard. I mean, Sam Bennett, another one, I go, he's found – like the. They, you know, they both sort of come together on that team, and they're leading that team. Yeah. Oh, they you are. Know. They're playing on the same line, yeah. right? And yeah. I go, you know, if Barkov gets into a, a, a flow, yeah. you know, and, you know, because he's a great player. He is. You know, and I think yeah. he's probably, you know, they probably assigned him to do something more than just play and score. You know, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of checking and stuff that he's doing. Uh, but if he can get into a flow, you know, I think that's going to be a great series. I, I am really fascinated by it because I think you have a team – that was written off, that now has that team of destiny, whatever we're going to call it. But the Carolina Hurricanes are killers. They're, they're just killers. Yeah. That's they, they're, they're beatable, but they're killers. Like, they just put teams down, yeah. right? And, and they have, like, when I look at the two teams, there are a lot of similarities in there. And I, but I think, you know, Sebastian Ajo, Ajo is, uh, you know, he's playing that next level of hockey. He is. Where yeah. Barkov, that's what he needs to step up. Yeah. If he can do that, it's going to be a great series. And the, the goaltending is is great. Like, I mean. Well, it's scary to think of the injuries that Carolina has. Like yeah. the guys that they don't have, have. Yeah. Right? But that's why, you know, depth is such a important thing and big thing. Mm-hmm. In, you know, especially a playoff run. Yeah. Uh, not just your organization, but when you come down to a playoff run, you need that depth because – Guys, you know, there's injuries, there's suspensions, there's, you know, and sometimes you get guys who, you know, 
just fall out of the flow and you know it's not you know it just happens and but you need guys to step in and, and make an impact and and they've had that i mean wow so give me the professional inside expertise on what the game has become you talked about it earlier what's a penalty yeah. video reviews um, you know, last week there was a, uh, a draft lottery and people were screaming about that. You know, you got this lone Sunday game at 10 o'clock Eastern. Um, it, it just seems like now a lot of this stuff is explainable if you want to be, if you want to listen, Yeah. but it, it almost seems like this league at times gets in its own way by creating these scenarios which frustrate people and, and cause them to get almost distracted. Like, we are living in a golden age of skilled hockey players, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's more skill now than there ever has been in the game. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think they're trying to do the right thing, but you can't please everybody in the traditional hockey person probably is the people you're offending the most yeah yeah i and maybe the new fans you know and i don't know enough about new fans coming in you know if they're enjoying it or not but i know you need to appeal to that you know the younger generation who are stuck on computer games to well to get out to the games too. See, there, okay that okay i like i'm glad you went there are new fans an issue right now well i don't know if they're an issue but they're going to be an issue in another 10 or 15 years when People like maybe my age or mm-hmm. my, you know, generation are yeah. going to go, you know, I can't go to the games anymore and, you know, I'll watch them on TV, but I'm, I'll probably be asleep by, you know, 10 o'clock instead of 10.15. Right. You know. No, it's future fan development. Yeah. Right. I, I get that yeah. part. I, 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 sometimes I wonder if we're focused on the right, like, who should you be focused on? Getting the new fans or the fans you have yeah. or just being the most, I don't know, uh, approachable sport. Yeah, and I, I think, you, you know, being the most approachable sport is a great thing to be uh, because, you know, some of the other top-end sports are, are probably not that approachable. But when you start taking that away and, you know, guys aren't out in the public, guys aren't out signing autographs, yeah. you, you can't yeah. get to them after the game, uh, that takes that away. And, you know, and as sports rank, I don't know where hockey is anymore, you know, Obviously, you got football, you know, basketball, baseball. Um, well, certainly in this in this yeah. in this continent, I would say the NFL is number one, one by a mile, and then everybody's fighting below, right? Yeah, and they do a great job. And you know, when you watch an NFL game, they you cannot go a game without seeing what they do in the community and how they portray. That's that. a that is a very good point that the NFL does now. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting point. I, I've often thought that that's been the result of things like, you know, Ray Lewis or, yeah. you know, some of the other issues that they've had, they've reacted, reacted to, to it. it. Yeah. yeah. But I go, it's a great marketing tool that, you know, you show, hey, we're part of the community. And the hockey is, you know, the hockey players are do a great job. You know, not our, you know, I'm not talking about our alumni, but we're talking no, no, about no, no. the in, NHL. In general, yeah. In general, yeah, yeah. the NHL players but you you rarely see anything on that in the promotion of it. But I don't I I would push back on this that that I think the challenge is is that we live in a media that's driven by numbers. Yeah. So what are the numbers? Where are the eyeballs? Well, we can get just as many eyeballs without having to, you know, do pre-production and go out into the field and cover something by having two guys yell at me, right? And yeah. it's the path of least resistance. You know, people want 
what do people want to know today? They want to know why Kyle Dubas still has a job and if Connor McDavid is going to demand a trade. Yeah. You know, I'm just making those yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, no, but, but what they're not talking about is what either organization did in the community. What they're not talking about is what anybody else did in the community because that's not what fans want. The fans want the controversy, yeah. so they sell the blood, right? That's what they sell. They sell yeah. the blood. But I miss the storytelling because yeah. I felt like I grew up on a sport that when I tuned in on Saturday – I got told the stories. Yeah. I got the intermission package on a player, and I, I learned about them. And and that's what I I think the game misses. You know, I don't want to, I don't want somebody talking to the coach in the game. There's a coach during the game. What are they going to tell you? Oh yeah, we're going to change our whole power play. We're going to shift it down. We're going to have the low guy with the puck. You know, they're not going to tell you anything. No. Uh, you know, I'd rather uh, spend that time and and as you said, you know, learn about the players. Right. You know. I don't need them focusing on their parents in the crowd. You sort of get tired of that. But that's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And, and to me, it's easy fruit. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. But I, but I don't know, Colin, if that's you and me in our age or yeah. if that's what the new, you know, the, as we talk about future fan development, yeah. what do they want, right? Yeah. You know, and I, I go back to your line about, which is a, a commonly recited, is what's a penalty? Was it the same when you played? I mean, because there wasn't the reviews, there wasn't the replay, there wasn't the... It almost felt like you weren't allowed to talk about that or we didn't talk about that. We just talked about the story and, and what happened on the ice stayed on the ice. In yeah, and there was the odd time where there was probably a missed penalty, but, you know, back, My, back when... I should say that fully recognizing yeah. the Mike Bullard and the, and the Oilers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Well, there was that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but you know what? There, You know, back in the day, I always say, you know, I played when there was, you know, more players on the ice than refs. Yeah, you know, we only had the one referee. And you had the two linesmen. Yeah, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that happened, and you know, a lot where you knew you could get away with some, and probably you know they didn't yep. call it as tight. You know, the hooking, the holding, you know, probably a little bit of tripping in there. You know, a little bit of rough stuff they probably let go. Where where now they're right on that. You know, I go, I, you think about like just go back to the stick thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you tap somebody's stick. You get a bad stick and the stick shatters, there's a penalty. Yeah. I'd send my worst player out with a broken stick. Just hold it, you know, yep. hold it here. And if somebody hits it, drop it and go, just yep. point it. And if somebody ever raises their stick, you know, close to you, you just fall down. And, and I don't like that. You know, I don't like the way that, you know, guys are falling down. It's almost like soccer. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and so that part needs but see, to be See, I think controlled. part of that's coaching. Yeah, I'm I think sure. part of that is you know, go out there and draw that penalty. Yeah. Like, you know, we're watching the video the next day and geez, you know, if you snap your head back in that particular situation, they have to make a call. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and as I said last night, you know, I look at, uh, Ekholm get, you know, yeah. high yeah. <laughs> go, you know, that, that to me, that was pretty obvious and there's no penalty on it. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, it, it, they just got to be consistent with what they call. And that's, right. that's been throughout the game forever. It has, it has been. You know, be consistent and we're good. Yeah. Uh, but when it changes within the game, that's when it's tough to, to play because you don't know what, what you can and cannot do. I just find that so much of this feels predictable now that, you know, when we start the playoffs, the first rounds, the greatest rounds of hockey oh, we've ever great. seen, yeah. right? Like it's every night, it's multiple games. You never, yeah. you never know. And man, it can't get any better than this. And when we get into the second round, it doesn't get any better than this. The guys are tired. Yeah. They start to catch up to them. Mistakes are made. But then we divert always into the same conversation about officiating. Oh, it's the worst officiating pro sports. Well, go talk to the NBA yeah. fan, oh, right? Go yeah. talk to any, any sport fan. You know, it all depends who wins. Always, yeah. always.
Always. And and people in Toronto are, you know, they're going to complain about uh, whatever play was missed on them where, you know, if you were asking me about Toronto, I go, Toronto probably gets the benefit of a lot of calls. But, uh, you know, if you're a Toronto fan, you're going, oh, we get robbed. And that's the way the game goes. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, being in in Joe Louis Arena at the height of the the Detroit teams and listening to the fans complain about all the – calls that the Detroit Red Wings don't get yet. I don't ever remember a game in which the Flames went in there that they didn't get put on a five on three or whatever. I mean, it's every team thinks that they're the victim, right? Yeah. Every, every team thinks that they're a martyr in this. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, is it out of control or is it just part and parcel with the game? I mean, because it feels like we're going to talk about this 12 months from now. Oh, yeah. I think it's part and parcel of the game. It's a fast game. It's a tough game. And then, and then you add in, you know, the video replay, which takes more time. Yep. To cover and, you know, and then you get your TV timeouts, which, you know, lengthens the game. And then what, what, you know, you end up seeing the same players all the time because they get enough time to rest between those things. Yep. So, so the slugs like myself wouldn't get out, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it would be a little hard It'd on the time tougher, on ice. Yeah. 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 And then you get out for, you know, and they're, they're everybody's, you know, timing everybody. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're only on the ice for three or four minutes or five, seven minutes a game, it's a tough game to play. Yeah. You know, the more you play and and the more flow you can get in, the easier the game is for anybody, let alone, you know, the superstar guys, which now, you know, and that's what everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see the best players out there. So when you get the TV timeouts, you get, uh, you know, a timeout. Mm -hmm. um, And then you get all these, uh, you know, replays of reviews reviews and, and, you know, of whether it's a goal or a penalty, you know, that, that gives those guys time to rest yeah I mean obviously the cat's out of the bag they'll never go back and and take it all out I I just I know why they did it they're searching for perfection I'm not sure perfection is the right thing yeah and I don't know if you can ever get perfection you know even that you know the goal that uh, Riley scores yeah um you know it goes in but Every is you know all over that, but it was that wasn't the call it was the whistle the intent to blow the intent to blow the whistle and you go well, you know, the the intent, and you go, you can see that in a way. You know, you're you're putting your whistle up to blow it dead, and then it goes in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is the call, you know, and it's the right call. It's like the suspension to uh, nurse, you know, and yeah. I go, oh, is that really, you know, but that's the rule. But if that's the rule, then enforce it all the way through the year. Don't let anybody off it. You know, that's Which one was that? Was that, that the... was the instigator with five minutes left. Yeah. Yeah, so if it is, then call it that. Do you way. remember? Do you know the history on that? Do you I, know why that rules in? Oh, I'm sure it's because of uh, it was it something was, the Flames. Yep. Yeah, it did. was uh, Flames in Nashville. Yeah. And um, Daryl sent a message, and yeah, it was it was the end of the uh, 04 season in the regular season. Daryl sent a message, um, and the next year when ho- well we didn't play hockey. Yeah. In two years we came back, and then they said, okay, if you do that. Coach gets fined ten thousand. Players get suspended. Instigated in the final five minutes. Yeah. Do you know who the first player and coach were to? Uh, and do you know who they? The no, first? I don't. I'm Wayne Gretzky, the coach of the Arizona Coyotes, Shane Doan. Oh, nice. And the league rescinded both. Yeah. That wasn't the intent, guys. That was, that's not what we meant. Sorry, yeah. we didn't mean that. Now, many people have been subsequently, you know, uh, fined and suspended and things like that, but. It just seems a little silly sometimes. It seems like we have rules in the rule book, and then we invent more rules to put in the rule, rule book. book. Yeah, and to me, that's a pretty simple one. If the guy is the instigator, and there's five under five minutes left, that's the rule. Yeah. But but you know, if you're going to let people off during the regular season, yep. they'll say, "Well, you know that 
you know. But if the referee on the ice calls an instigator, then you got to go with it. You know what the unintended consequence of this whole thing is? We are making it even worse for kids. Oh. Because every dad that watches an NHL game now berates or mom or uncle or aunt or whoever berates a kid who's reffing a game because they're so used to watching games being or plays being reviewed and the whole nine yards, and yet we're asking kids to start officiating and make instant calls on the ice and then you get the not everybody you get one or two yahoos that make their lives miserable or the one or two coaches that make their lives miserable because they're they think that everybody has access to instant replay on every call we don't right and it's a fast game it's a tough game to ref. you know i I saw an article about uh, that philadelphia little league where they, New Jersey. It was in New Jersey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, where they say, you know, if you're going to yell at the ump, you're going to ump. I, I've been a big proponent for that of in, you know, minor hockey. If you're going to yell at the ref, they should go, hey, we're not going to kick so, you out. You're going to actually ref the next so game. So if you are thrown out of a New Jersey uh, minor uh, yeah. little league game and and thrown out of it before you can come back, you have to umpire three games. Yeah. One of the, the bear with me because this isn't going to yeah. make a lot of sense when it starts. One of the really cool things that the alumni has done in the last couple of years is partner with Hockey Calgary in a spring hockey league for kids that have been part of the uh, First Step program, right? So kids who've never played hockey go through the First Step program, then can play in the Junior Flames program. Yeah, right there. There's the puck. Um, And to me, the best part about it is there's a pathway to participation, right? So the parents get to find out what it's like to be a hockey parent. The kids find out what a practice is like. And then, they, and last year I think it was high nineties in terms of, you know, took the program and then yeah. went on to play hockey. Yeah. But it's a needed program. I would like to see the next edition of that is that the parents get taught what it means to be an official, yeah. and then come out and volunteer and help you guys official your scrimmages. Yeah, I because like that. that would be the next. That's the next part of this, yeah. right? Um, because there isn't an, an eleven or. It's amazing to me when I go to rinks and you've seen the same thing, how coaches and, and parents will beat up on an 11 and 12 year old and somehow think this is okay. okay yeah. Right. But so anyway, you can bring that up at the next alumni meeting. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> no, for, no. Hey, yeah. listen, I'm a giver. Yeah. That's what yeah. I do. You're, I just, you're like, you're, you're an idea guy. I'm an idea yeah. guy. <laughs> so you parents who are just learning about hockey, Come down and become officials, right? And can't skate, yeah. No, I mean, hey, listen, it's, nobody said it was a perfect idea. Um, speaking of which, uh, since last we spoke, uh, a lot has transpired. Um, let's start with the building. Yeah. Because I want to say it was early on in the tenure of, at the time, the new president, uh, Jamie McCowan, that you and Perry and Jamie joined me downstairs in the hostel lounge, and we spent an hour talking about a new building. Yeah. That was a decade ago. Yeah. It was only <laughs> was, a decade ago. Was it like 10 years ago? Yeah. Um, where are you at? Are you cautiously uh, optimistic? Are you... You know what? Uh, I had this guy that I, I worked for who said, I'm from Missouri. Show me. Because mm-hmm. Missouri's the show, show me, me state, state. absolutely, and, and that's where I'm sitting right now. I'm going. I'm from Missouri. Show me, and you know, you can. There's tons of things you can talk about on both sides of the. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's good for the city, whether you know you should be putting provincial money in, and I go, how much debt does our you know uh, Canadian government have? What two point six trillion or whatever? I go, you know, three hundred million. That's going to help this community. 
you know, get this job done. I think it's a great idea. I go, if you take Calgary out of, uh, the Flames out of Calgary, you're a bigger Regina, right? Not that there's anything wrong with Regina. No, not the Regina, but, you know, how many, how many, Corporations no, you, you, are moving there. How many you, people are moving there? No, no, there? you become yeah. a very small... Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you need... You know, what people don't realize, you need things to draw companies in, to draw people in. Um, so, to me, yes, you know, does it cost uh, the province money? Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, and I truly don't know the underlines of, you know, where all the tax money is coming from. If it's coming from people that are just going to the building, if it's coming from the events that are coming in, you know, that remains to be seen. And, yep. you know, now with the election coming up, if, you know, if it truly is going to go through or not, I don't know. That's why I say uh, I'm from Missouri. Show me. I love the vision of this one. Of, of, of all the processes so far, this is probably the, the one that the vision has been the easiest for me to grasp yeah. because it'll tie in that whole area. Um, you know, I, I, somebody said to me today, well, you know, the, the council voted unanimously for it. Yeah, they did because now, you know, the Bell Center, which has been losing money, yeah. and the platform and, and the, the, the library, they'll all be part of something, something right? Yeah. So that's going to not save their bacon, but it's actually going to improve that area. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm all good on that, but I'm, I'm a little bit like you. I'm like, where's the salesman in this right now? Shouldn't somebody be out telling us this is a good idea? Like, it just seems like we had the announcement, and then it all went quiet. Yeah. And that worries me, Colin. It, it does. As I said... Uh... We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, have you been interviewed for the Flames general manager's job? No, I haven't. Okay. No, That's no. our clip for today. We can confirm that Colin Patterson has not been interviewed yet. I'd like them to hire me as coach oh. now and then let me go before the first game of the season and then pay me out. Okay. I see. I get it. I understand. All right. Um, yes. Uh, do you have a, a horse in the race? Do you have a favorite? Do you have an idea? Do you well, have a concept? You know, I mean, I think they're, you know, they're doing their uh, search now. They are, yeah. And, and I think a lot of people go, let's get the search done. Uh, I think that's the thing that I'm hearing out in the public is, mm -hmm. you know, when are they going to come out? When are they going to come out? When are they going to come out? And, you know, and I know doing a, a proper search is, is tough, uh, but, you know, you would have done that in your professional life, yes, right? absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you do that, and you know, you go through and you go, here's people we have uh, within our our you know company. Um, obviously, for the Flames, here's people we have within the Flames, and here's outside people. You know, the outside people are easy to you know weed down to get yep. to a certain number, and then you bring them in, and you know, you interview everybody, and um, you know, not everybody, but you interview those finalists. You know, whether it's three or four or five, I'm not sure what they're their limit is but um you should be able to narrow it down to probably four people and and do a thorough job and i i don't know if they're doing it by committee i don't know if it's just don maloney and then you know his recommendation that part i don't know i'm not yeah. privy to all that but, yeah but i think you know um there's great options mm -hmm. um and obviously you want what's best for the flames mm -hmm. that's what you want and you want people who believe in calgary who understand Calgary, because you have to find people, you have to bring people here. Right. And you've got to sell the city. And if, you know, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Do you need, do you need to have a connection? Um, 
you know, Brad Tree Living didn't have a connection, but he also inherited some connectors. There's, yeah. there's always seems to have been somebody that's able to bring the history forward, right? Yeah, and you need that. You definitely yeah, need okay. that. Yeah, looking for, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, of course, you know, Craig Conroy's name is out there. Sean Burke's name is out there. Ray Whitney, Mark Bergevin, Mark Hunter. There's lots of names, but, you know, they're all intriguing candidates on their own. Uh, I've said right from the get-go, I, I, I have no problem. I think they should do a search, but I think, you know, the search should be to say that Craig Conroy isn't the guy because uh, it sure seems like it. And I, I, I would also say Brad Pascal deserves that opportunity too because yeah. there's two guys that have, if you don't have that, then what are, what's that AGM role for, yeah. right? And, and yeah, to me, like, like any business, yeah. you know, you've got to, you know, develop people from within. Yeah. And if you aren't doing that, then there's probably something deeper within your organization. And then the coach. And yeah. then, then, the, then co the coach. Then and the then, coach. Yeah, Were you surprised by that? That, 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 that they moved on from Daryl? Um, no. Okay. Um, you know, there was just too much out there and too many things, you know, rumors and innuendos and, and, you know, the bottom line was the team didn't win. Yep. You know, didn't get in the playoffs. Yep. Um, and there was plenty of chances, you know, the, um, so yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised that, you know, tree left and then that happened, mm -hmm. you know, so that that's what confuses you a bit. Yes. Uh, you know, not often a, a GM leaves a job. Uh, it's usually, you know, the person's let go of a job. And in this particular circumstance, he, you know, he left the job and then the coach is let go. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's too bad because it's, it's, it's almost robbing us a little bit of the, the conversation about who the next coach should be because you don't know who the GM is, it's right? Good, yeah. And one needs to be before the other. Yeah. And the GM definitely has to hire the coach. Yeah. You know, the GM runs the team. I mean, that's the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Curious, though, uh, one of the names that I have thrown out there is somebody that you'll be familiar with. Um, and I'm, again, I'm ahead of myself because there is no GM in place. Would you um, interview Carla McLeod, considering the work she's done with Chechia the last couple of years and how much of that has been done publicly that people have had an insight into how she operates? Yeah, I think there's probably room for her in the organization whether it be the head coach position. No, I'm just yeah. saying as you, you know, as part yeah. of the coaching search, yeah. you know, I, I think, uh, you know, she's worthy of, of talking within the organization for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and she's a great person and, oh, you yeah. know, and, and just, you know, knows the game too. Yeah. Th this, this off season can't end quick enough, can it? <laughs> no, well, <laughs> you just sort of, you know, you, you want them to, just name a GM. Everybody does, right? We're all the same. Uh, but, you know, they've got to be thorough on it. But you've got the draft coming up. And I, and I don't know, you know, enough of the internal workings of, you know, what scouts are still under contract, you know, how that has gone. And Well, I think know. the staff's in place until June 30th. Yes, so yeah. they get you to the draft, right? Yeah. So you'd have to think that you're in a position at least to do that part. Yeah. But, you know, who's going to – fight for a player that they really want right. if you're not right. going to be there right you know yeah, it's like point. the guy it's like the guy recruiting for university yeah come to my university come to my university and and you sign on the you know dotted line to go to that university he goes well i'm leaving yep you know so you know i think that you know that that plays part of it because that's a big part of the drafting process too you know you've you know there's yeah the analytic part but there's the part where guys go I know this kid. I've seen this mm -hmm. kid. Watch him grow up. Uh, you know, we need to draft him. Whether you know, be the the first round or the 
eighth round. Doesn't matter. Well, when you and pick- if you don't have that, then you're just sort of going on. Well, here's the analytics, and you know we've seen you know how the analytics have worked in um, you know let's go Arizona. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, but I think your your point's a good one because if you're picking 16th, you know that you're going to probably be at a plateau that you're going to have to ex- have exactly that conversation. Yeah. You know. Here's five guys that we've identified. Five, yeah. Who who's the guy? What's the position? What's the decision here? Yeah. That's true. I mean, you, you do and, need to have somebody and, to make that. And then you go, hey, you know what? There's a guy that you know was we projected as tenth, who is still available at sixteenth. You know, do we want to? You know, or maybe it's not sixteenth. Maybe it's you know thirteenth or fourteenth. Mm-hmm. You know, should we trade down to get that guy? How yep. do we do that? You know, so um, and who's going to be responsible for that? Yeah. You know? So I th- I think you need to. You know, the sooner the better for me personally, but right. um, you know, I know they need to go through the process. Yeah. Did you have you checked out any of the Wranglers playoff games? Yeah, went down on Friday. Okay. Um, great, great stuff. I mean, it's it's fun hockey. It's really good hockey. And anybody who hasn't been to a game, you know, if you get the, the chance to, you know, they come back, um, I would say go to a game. Yeah. Uh, Up against the really nice weather, though. But, you know, it's sort of enjoyable to come out of a game or go into a game when it's nice and warm out and come back out and it's warm. And the light, and it's still light out. still light. Right? Like, there's... That that isn't that isn't the normal way. No, it's it's a it's a good team. Like it's it's and it's full of kids that could play here too, yeah. right? And, and that's a great thing. You're going to see you know kids that you know are going to journey up, and they've already have you know played with the Flames, and you know hopefully get on full time with the Flames next year. I mean, it's been a while since you were in that league or at that level. How's it, yeah. what's that like for you to see that level now? Well, I think it's you know it's, it's improved a lot. <laughs> well, we the Calgary didn't have an AHL team when I. No, it was the CHL, you yeah. know, Central Hockey League, and you know, I was pretty fortunate. We played in uh, Colorado, so in Denver, we're the Colorado Flames, and we played in Denver. We played out of the Nichols Arena, which was a, yep. you know, that's where the Rockies played out of uh, until their demise, and uh, it was great. I mean, but you know, the teams were a lot different back in the day. <laughs> I mean, it was a a much uh, probably tougher. You know, yeah, I was, I was gonna, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it was probably a lot, you know, a lot more uh, survival. Well, yeah, and especially for college guys, it was definitely <laughs> being tested. Were you? Yeah, being tested. Yes. Yeah, the game. I mean, the, geez, the game has changed. Yeah. I mean, you look at the kind of the way that fighting is evolving out. We were just kind of talking about, yeah. you know, kind of the nuances of how you call the game. I mean, uh, nothing bigger to me than the fact that you know you, you're from an era that. There was a sign on the door that said, you know, gambling is forbidden, signed by the commissioner of the National Hockey League, right? And now... Now you get players promoting it. Yeah. You know, and I go, uh, let's start with uh, the Edmonton one. You know, know, you've got McDavid and Gretzky. You know, and I've, you know, I think former players can do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do whatever I want. You know, current players, I go, "Mm, that's, you know... It's just a bad vibe for me, and maybe that's because of yep. you know what you heard in the past about all the different other sports, and uh, you hope it doesn't happen in hockey, uh, where guys are betting on their own teams. And I mean, yep. it's, I don't know how you patrol that now, but um, when I look at you know Gretzky and McDavid doing those commercials, I think they're pretty funny. I enjoy them, okay, because I think they have a good chemistry there. But I, I don't think McDavid should be doing them. Hmm. Um, on the other one, you've got you know uh, Matthews in Toronto doing it and I go he's doing a gambling one one second and then 
the next commercial is him with a banking commercial telling you to save your money. And I'm like, what, do you save your money to gamble it away? Or, you know, do you gamble it to get money to, to put in the bank? I don't know. Right. You know, and that's, that you get that mixed messages. But I, I truly don't, you know, I'm not a big believer in guys, you know, representing gambling while they're playing because, you know, you look at both of them just lost. So, yeah. You know, well, it's not without its challenges. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's probably, uh, I don't know if safe is the right word because I think we could have a whole other conversation. It's it's probably not fraught with the illegalities that, or that's not even a word, but yeah. I, I, it just, we were brought up with it being a vice. Yeah, It was a vice and you don't do it and it's no call for it. And, you know, this is the whole Pete Rose scandal. Yeah. Pete Rose is not a scandal at all if he's playing today. And I'm not sure where I fit on that, but I do know it has been a absolute financial boon to professional sports around the world. Oh, right. It's It's come in and saved. uh, You know what I mean? It's driving sports. It is driving. And I'm not sure that's healthy either. Right. I remember in junior B hockey, we played against this team, St. Mike's, and they always had sure. a big crowd. And they always had a big 50-50. So yeah. the boys, you know, we're, we're playing them. We go, why don't we all pool our money and we'll buy these 50-50 tickets? So we had this one guy, Dicker, John Dixon, goes, okay, I'll go buy them. And so he buys them. And so we're getting shellacked like 8-1, and then they announce a 50-50 draw, right? So we're on the bench. and Checking the 50-50? He's checking the 50. He's got them in his gloves, right? <laughs> so he pulls it out. He goes... Yeah. <laughs> so our whole bench is like, yeah. And then he goes, oh, no, our group tickets are in my other glove. Those were more. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Got you. Got you. So did you, they didn't have the you got to pick it up in the next 10 minutes sort of thing. At the Who went and collected it? it? He, he went to the penalty box, you know, gave the guy because the penalty box is right beside the bench. He's right there. And, you know. Guy goes, okay. So you guys won the 50-50? He won, he he, won the 50-50, see, yeah. So that didn't resonate with you at all? Like that, well, that it, it was, was like, the wrong... It, yeah, you know, we were always questioning him. He, he did buy me a large grape soda, well, that was if nice that's though. any better. How much did he his, win, by the I way? think he won like 300 bucks. During a game? Yeah. Playing the 50-50? Yeah. That was great. Okay. Yeah. I, and then you guys didn't get sanctioned by the league or anything no, like no, I that? I thought we were. I, was a, I don't know if anything happened after that with the league saying, well, you, you know, the players can't buy them or whatever. But, you know, even that you felt funny about. But it, well, was, it was even funnier because we were getting shellacked and we all jump up on the bench. You know, and like I, I'm, you know, the, the Nation Network has gambling partners and, you know, Sportsnet and CBC all have. The yeah. NHL has gambling partners. I, I am fascinated by what we've seen happen in, in the UK that they've – self-regulated that they've taken the advertising down that um you know it's a vice again it comes back to you know and vices are vices because they can cause problems and i you know the one thing you've seen here is they they do get you over the you know if you need help that sort of thing but uh it's it's a fascinating i i can't believe it's happened so quickly it's five years since uh the law was changed in the united states Wow. The anniversary was last week. Five years since it became legal for uh, sports gambling and then the mobile and the technology. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. ...and everything, and um, the world changes at a rapid pace, does it not? It does. You know, sometimes for the good, yep. sometimes not for the bad. Okay, so we've got, well, I guess we've got five teams left. Yeah. Do you have a favorite now? I don't have a favorite, um... You know, any team that could win from here on in, I'm I'm happy with. Um, I think, you know, when you look at uh, Florida, uh, you know, I think they're on they're on quite a roll. Mm-hmm. You know, for what you expect, a real underdog. I mean, Seattle, the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say uh, Vegas was you know a bit of an underdog, but that was probably after the first three games. You might have said that. Yeah. You know, in you know traditional looking at the, the standings, they were the favorite. Uh, so you know, if, uh, Seattle would be just a—it would be unbelievable if they won, um, or Vegas won. I mean, you, as we talked about those expansion teams uh, f- within the last six years, uh, that's pretty impressive. I, my head tells me it's it's Florida right now, considering the caliber of teams that they have defeated. Yeah. Vegas, Jack Eichel is now beginning to play like the second best player in that, that draft, draft, right? Yeah. Um, and it was impressive to watch him last night, actually. And it's the first time I've really seen him uh, back check. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yep. with a purpose. Yep. You know, and, and I saw that. And then after the game, they interviewed him, and he was really good. He was, you know, he was all about team. Yeah. You know, which, I, you know, I don't get to see him play a lot, but the times I've seen him, it's been more individual. So, you know, him buying into that team game and being a big part of it and playing like he did, mm-hmm. uh, that – bodes well for vegas yeah and three of those districts if i have this correctly uh no taxes yeah right florida texas and and nevada yeah um so you've got a you know as a player a little bit of your load is lightened like you don't have to worry about so much (laughs) (laughs) right you know coming to the rink's just a little bit easier than it is in other places right i don't know i just you know and i i go there they're selling features for every place and you know the fact that you know two of those places uh have you know are tax free or you know that three of them are as you said um you know i look at vegas and i go um you know expansion team you know six years ago i go but they as you talked about they've been in the final four times but they've done a they've done a good job of you know building it from the start as I said, they got away and were chasing shiny objects, but sort of got back to it again. Yeah, uh, which is smart. And you know, Dallas has always been a really good organization. It has, you yes. Know? And I mean, then you know, you luck out in a you know, I shouldn't say luck out, but you you get a draft where I think they got 
you know what Robertson they got yeah. Ottinger and even this last in, yeah. even this last draft sure. they picked oh, up players that, yeah Wyatt Johnson is yeah. like he's good and yeah. and you know Marchment and that and you know um, you know I, I love uh, that you know so they've built it I mean Florida is one of those teams where you go boy it'd be great because it's gonna you know bolster hockey you know once again and will it oh well, I think it, <laughs> I think that you know more people will get interested in it. Uh, I, I'm not sure about Carolina, but I think, you know, you have, you know, when you can boast that you've had, you know, in Florida, the state of Florida, you know, mm-hmm. four winners or, you know, if they do win the cup, it's three yeah. or four or four or five, whatever it is. But, uh, but Car- to me, Carolina is interesting because I think when they win, they're good. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're a good oh, market. Yeah. But if they lose, nobody's got time for that, right? Well, that's, I mean, a lot of the... There's a bunch of markets like yeah, that. Yeah, right? I agree. Because, you, you you know, I mean, Carolina is really compet- in a competitive market, you know, not only with other professional sports, but with college sports. Yep. They're huge into college sports. Yep. So, um, you know, that, you know, you're right. I mean, when you're not playing well, but, but that should force you to put a better team on the, the ice. The other part about the, the Panthers, they don't catch a break because the Heat have moved on to the conference finals in the <laughs> NBA. Yeah. So... You Who's know, you don't get the mark. Yeah. You don't get the marketplace to yourself, Self, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that that is pretty interesting. You know. Okay. So, I I don't know. I like I, I can be torn in a million different directions. I just still think Carolina are a bunch of killers. Yeah. I think they just they're just unrepenting. Their defense is really good. Yeah. They they're getting good production from guys that you know were secondary guys that are now primary guys, yeah. right? Yeah. And their coach isn't bad. Yeah, he's a good. You know what I mean. Good on them, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. Got you love that. I go every team that, as I said, every team that's still involved. I, you know, there's a there's a a reason you like them, right? Yeah. There's no reason to dislike them. No, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Um, all right. So the Masters Golf Tournament for the alumni is next uh, Thursday, Thursday yeah. a week Thursday. Uh, anything else you've got on the go? Well, you can still buy uh, bundles of firewood. You can. Yeah. From, okay. Hey, go up to smokinggoodwood.ca, mm-hmm. and you can click on. There'll be a, a link uh, for Breaking Through Foundation, and you click on that and order your wood. And if you order ten bundles or more, you get uh, you know delivery for free. So if anybody needs firewood, and I know, I know fire bans are on right <laughs> now, but hopefully those will come off and and the fires are controlled, um, and everybody's back to safety. But yep. uh, you know, if you need firewood, you know, please go on there. That's smokinggoodwood.ca that is awesome yeah. thanks dude this was oh, fun thanks. no that was appreciate great. it always a pleasure all right buddy we'll get you back soon okay <laughs> colin thanks, patterson guys. everybody flames alumni brought to you by ski seller snowboard ski seller snowboard.com uh not just skis and snowboards no 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 yeah in the fall you're going to need to keep warm not right now it's warm but in the fall you're going to need to keep warm check them out and by the way hockey players check out those their snow skating as well i don't believe me go see them ski seller snowboard Dot com. Ryan Pike from Flames Nation will join us in a couple of minutes. A little bit more on the uh, Flames search for a general manager as more names are showing up in the ether, as they say. Um, let's quickly, though, we didn't get a chance off the top. Let's do this, and we'll get to Ryan in a second. Um, last night, uh, mentioned Aiden Hill and the Vegas Knights. I thought a game in which Edmonton was going to absolutely roll them. I didn't think Edmonton would necessarily win the series being down two games and having to win two games, but I thought they'd hold serve at home. And it started that way. Um, but the Golden Knights looked professional, uh, were uh, efficient, 
Uh, Marcia so had uh, quite the game, the natural hat trick. Uh, you know, Jack Eichel continues to be impressive. Um, and then you look at the Oilers, one goal from Connor McDavid, no points from, uh, you know, Leon Dreisaitl. And that's not a criticism, but that shows the weakness of that organization right now. And also we talked about the record-setting power play. Their five-on-five was below average. Um, but I'm not – yeah, okay, I guess they didn't win, so it's a failure. I'm not – I'm running that team back. I'm not – I'm not blowing it up. And I know Edmonton, Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, all these Canadian teams remind me of me golfing, being in the tee box and my feet are moving a million miles an hour. And finally I'll settle and I swing and I slice it and I go, what the hell? Because we've got active feet. Just calm down. Those are still the two best players in the world in their prime. I'm running that team back. Um, the other series that is continuing tonight, we mentioned Seattle and Dallas. This one back in Dallas. Uh, the Kraken continue to defy the odds, I suppose, uh, if that's how you want to say it. Uh, this is not a goaltender series. It has two goaltenders that have been at times uh, the difference makers, uh, but both have struggled. Um, I, I'm just going to, you know, the numbers, I think, in this postseason really uh, defer to the road team. Uh, but it's hard for me to spit out Kraken Golden Knights Conference Final um, in such a short period of time. In such a short period of time. Such a short period of time. So there you go. That's a look at what's going on. We go back, uh, courtesy of Ski Cellar Snowboard, SkiCellarSnowboard.com, 76 years in Calgary, three locations. McLeod Trail by Chinook Center, 17th Avenue, just off of 14th and Bow Ridge Road, Northwest. And we invite in our regular Monday contributor. He is the managing editor of Flames Nation. He is Ryan Pike. And he is, you fill in the blank here. You are blank <laughs> about no Canadian teams left in the playoffs. I mean, as much as... You hate to say you're disappointed about Edmonton getting booted out. It's a bit disappointing that we are going to have what it's been since 93, since we've 93. had a, a team yes. even anywhere in contention. So, yes, I mean, the, the Leafs are a punchline at this point. My my father, who's in his 70s now, is 15 the last time they made yep. it to the final, let alone one. Yep. Uh, and the Oilers are, you know, they, they're they find ways to lose. Unfortunately, they're they're a team that with the, the high-end talent they have available to them, they are very, very good or should have the potential to be very, very good. But mm -hmm. as the old saying goes, the devil's in the details. Their, their goaltending, which I think folks looked at on paper and went, hmm, that could be a problem, continued to be an issue. And their blue line group, even though they got Matthias Ekholm, who is exceptionally good, yep. just didn't have what it took, uh, you know, when, when it counted. And, you know, that, that team in Vegas, say what you will. I mean... I don't love a lot of the things they do and the reason they do them and the reason, well, I think, I think the reason they do them is the way they can get away with it. Because if you, mm -hmm. if you, if you have it straightforward from ownership on down that, you know, damn the torpedoes, we're going to burn yep. the boats and try to win a Stanley cup. Yep. And then if we fail next year, we're just going to try to try to reset, ship out bodies. We need to ship out. I mean, I don't think they've won any fans with their treatment of guys like Mark Andre Fleury, or having to sell off Mash Patchy Ready for nothing. Like they had to give up good a good player in Dylan Collin to get him to take Patchy Ready, but they had the cap space to then go do other stuff. So yep. you know, you 
and when you have the uh, when you have that kind of group, and you have the ownership saying, "Screw it, we're going to spend a hundred million dollars on, on salary if it means we're in the dance." Yeah, you know, they, I'll I'll give Bill Foley credit. I mean, he put money where his mouth is with the building. He put money where his mouth mm-hmm. is with the team, mm-hmm. and he's given Kelly McCrimmon and and that group the 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 wherewithal to do what they need to do to get there. Yeah, but you know. There's a price to be paid for that, right? Which has been multiple coaches and a GM, and that's fine. To your point, I want to go back to the Canadian comment, though. Like I, I, and I, uh, this is not new, and I'm, I'm alone on this. But I, I listened to, you know, you spend today listening to a lot of different stations and a lot of different voices and everything, and there seems to be this hue and cry about no Canadian teams. No, this is a club league. This is a club league. You support a club team for lack of a better term, right? You support a club team. I, I, I don't get that sense of, well, you know, if the National League baseball, well, if my, you know, if the Dodgers don't make it, I want the Giants to win. No, that's not how this works, right? Like, you know, if the Yankees don't make it, let's go Bo Sox. We, 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 have an entire, we have an entire country of American baseball fans that just go, good, we kept it out of Canada for a Yeah, minute. good. Those lousy Jays didn't win. That's all that matters. I don't know. I, I just find it's lazy. Um, I don't, I, I have no, you know, I have no interest. No, I don't have more or less interest because of who the teams are uh, today than they were yesterday. But I fully understand. I am the minority. I am swimming against the stream. I get that. But I, I find it a little silly. I'm, you know, again, I'll still watch. Doesn't matter to me. But there's a lot of people turning out now because there won't be a Canadian team in there, right? I think to a certain extent, also because you know, let's let's be honest. There's there's people who aren't basketball fans that when LeBron James was chasing, who would tune in for the playoffs because LeBron James, the yes. best player in the world, was chasing. Yes. And yes. holy cow, wouldn't it be amazing? Like there there's people who who weren't Colorado Avalanche fans who tuned in to watch Ray Bork go yes. in his run. So yes. I think even so, if you're talking about McDavid, McDavid, yes, 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 yes. I do I do agree with that point of view. Would you? Would there be people that would want to watch McDavid chase? Is that the point you're making? Yeah, and yeah. maybe maybe to a lesser extent, Austin Matthews. Yeah, but yeah, I, sure. I think you know, I think that's that's the challenge because you know the thing the thing that you know it's easy to have a narrative drive to watch a, your own home club team chase a championship, but when there's like a bigger story that you can get swept up in, yep. that brings in a lot of extra fans. I agree. And I think that you know the fact that you know the 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 Edmonton Oilers had three 100-point players, including two of the best players playing the game on the planet right now, and they are out and sitting spectating for the last two rounds. And yep. on a certain on a certain level, there's a lot of folks sort of navel gazing and going, "Yeah, I saw that coming." And yeah, I think a lot of folks saw it coming, but it's still it's still disappointing to a certain extent because I think you know big players playing in big moments makes for cool stuff for the sport I and i think we're not just not gonna, we're gonna have fewer cool moments for the sport because those guys couldn't uh couldn't get through carolina and seattle may be the greatest <laughs> stanley cup final in the history of stanley cup finals but it won't resonate right not in that same nope. way and i get it I, um, I think you're gonna have like two really great crowds if that happens I yes mean, oh you sure know, the, the, the carolina the, fans are insane yeah. in the best way possible but i know what you mean like in terms but it's of- the outdoor game conversation right like oh i'm tired of outdoor games yeah, but it's not for you. It's for the crowd, right? In that regard, Seattle, Carolina, that those crowds would be incredible. But I don't like. Well, all right. I but I see your point about McDavid, and I agree. He's in that LeBron conversation. You know, you want to watch the superstars chase. 
right, from that standpoint. Um, care to opine on what happens in either of those markets? I mean, I'm running Edmonton back. I don't, you know, I know it's, if, it's a if failure, I'm, but. If I'm the Oilers, you, I think the challenge is they're so top-heavy. And we've had this conversation about the Oilers for forever, but, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be, I'll, I, was, I was talking to, uh, to some folks I know in the market just about how the team's looking and they, you know, they, they gave Stuart Skinner a raise. And I think Stuart Skinner very much deserved that raise, but they have two goaltenders making a combined vote. I think just shy of 8 million bucks who Jack Campbell, they showed very little confidence in whatsoever in the playoffs and Stuart Skinner still very green. And if you're saying, does that feel like the, the goaltending duo for a Stanley Cup champion. I have my concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, their blue line, I mean, I really like Darnell Nurse, mm-hmm. but I think leaning on him as much as they do, mm-hmm. there's some challenges. So you'd love to add uh, one more sort of top four blue liner to sort of spread things out. The only question is, how the hell do they pay for it? Because, you know, they, yeah. they're so hard against the cap. And I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's there's 31 markets just, you know, crying their eyes out going, oh, poor Edmonton. They're spending that kind of money on Connor McDavid. Oh, geez. I'm sure there's also 31 markets that be lining up to pay Connor McDavid what he's getting paid if that meant that they had him. Well, I, I look at it. If the, the same fi- financial uh, repercussions were in the league in the 90s, Pittsburgh would have been going through it with, you know, with Malkin or with Malkin. Yeah. Uh, with J- uh, Yager and and Lemieux, right? But like even 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 with them, they were still a team that had to operate within a budget. So I think for for a lot of teams, the the cap sort of uh, cemented something that was already in place in a lot of sort of small and mid sized markets. Really, all it did was prevent you know Toronto and New York and a few other markets from spending like drunken sailors. But, but, but see, I I I would argue a little, and you're going to find that hard to believe. I'm going to argue with you, Ryan. I would argue though that once everything became public. Then there was the pressure to spend that money, right? Oh, you can pay him this much? You should pay him this much, right? And I I think back then there was still that we didn't know what we didn't know, right? Yep. You know, like the, that, I that, believe- that and the cap floor. I mean, the cap yeah, floor. That's is right. The, the cap floor. Yeah. worst thing that happened to a lot of markets because then you have, you know, you create the necessity for folks like Arizona to do weird stuff to <laughs> not spend money, but get paid. They prefer get to the, the cap term floor. creative. Um, okay, so I want everybody who's watching this, it, you cannot, under no circumstance, refer to the next thing as news, a rumor, suggestion, or nothing. You can't. You're not allowed. What would they get if they moved Dreisaitl? Could they reset? Could they, could they bring back enough with one player, right, is there a landing spot in the league in which they could go A, B, C, and D, and you get him? Because that you from, you asked the question. That's the question, from, right? I don't think from one place. Because if no, if I'm so, if I'm Ken Holland for yeah. a guy that's like the only crime that that Leon Drysdale ever pulled was being not quite as good as Connor McDavid. <laughs> no, so, yeah, barely. So you'd be you'd be realistically asking <laughs> yeah. for what the picks are the equivalent of what? three, four, five first round picks. Like I'd want a first this year, a first next year, your first the year after that, your best player, your best prospect, your best. Like I'd, I'd yeah. want, yeah. I'd want, uh, you know, an yeah. arm and a leg and then whatever thing you're still hopping up on. I want that too, because he's, you know, is he an amazing defensive player? No, but like his only, again, he's, he's so good on mm-hmm. the power play. He's so good five on five. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's dynamite in two out of three zones. And then the defensive zone, he's merely good. Yeah. So, and I, you can't, I, I think you hit, I think you have the perfect answer. You can't, 
Like, because you can't do it with one team. You'd need shared resources from a bunch of teams for that talent. And to your point, his only mistake is he's slightly less than what Connor McDavid is. And you might have made a case this year he was even better in the playoffs. And, and for the for the contract he's on, like yeah. relative to McDavid, I think he's a bargain. And that's yeah. again, if I'm if I'm if if you told if you put a gun to my head tomorrow and said you gotta trade him, I'd be asking for the moon because you can fit him into a cap structure much more easily sure than you can. can McDavid. Sure you can. So then take me to Toronto. Because the early word is Dubas isn't going anywhere. Matthews, they like to resign. Um, you know, they, they, it's it's kind of like the longest song in the history of music. Because we heard about it in the f- last summer when they got M- Matt Murray. Well, you guys don't know. he Dubas had him in junior. Like, this is part of a much, this is three-dimensional chess. Well, here we are. And, and, and it didn't work. And now what do you do? I don't know because they sort of had <laughs> they sort of had the same problem that the Oilers did, where you know did, was, was their goaltending the reason they lost? No, but it wasn't the reason they, they lasted won. much yeah. longer. Yeah. Their blue line group, even I'll say this: this might be the first spring, spring, fall, winter, you know, whatever the first season mm-hmm. where Marchardano looks like his age. He you know he he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't exceptionally good for his age. He was you know he was fine. Yep. And that's yep. a group that, especially for with the injuries they had, with, yep. the, with all the pieces that were sort of underperforming, they needed Mark Giordano to be better than fine. And, yep. you know, they, again, they're, they're another team that they are probably in worse cap situation than the Oilers are. Oof. And what do you do? Because you have all those big pieces hitting into, you know, the, the, the last or second last parts of their contracts. And then you got to figure out, okay, what what does this team look like? I, I my guess is the the Maple Leafs next year have a higher chance of looking significantly different than the Oilers do because I think if you're the Oilers you you kind of have a good sense of mm-hmm. what you need to address for for the the Leafs. I mean they've tried a bunch of different combination of guys. They've changed up their blue line. They changed up their goaltending. Like what do what do they have left to try to change to get a different result here? Yeah, well and. To, to me, you know, the one thing both of those teams have in common is multiple really good players on on you know fairly big contracts, right? So their hands are. So what's the you know, what's the lesson here? Only get one really good player and a bunch of you know, okay ones. I I, I don't know what they do either, Ryan. I I think you know the easy one is to get rid of Nylander, and I'm sure you'll find, you know, people who would take him. But is that going to make you better? Right. Depends how you spend the money. Right, and that's but you that's almost the, need to spend the, the money internally, don't you? Kind of, because yeah. you know, if if you're if you're asking me, hey, do you want to keep Matthews and Mark, especially us Matthews? I mean, you know, say what you will about the guy, he can just score goals. Like he mm-hmm. scores goals the way people breathe oxygen, mm-hmm. and that's that's probably the the number one commodity in the National Hockey League right now. So you you want to do what you can to keep him there for as long as possible, but then. You also got to surround him with the right supporting cast, and they've had a very good supporting cast in in Toronto yeah. for a while, but yeah. just they haven't been able to get over that last little hump. I mean, you know, this is this is a, a market that they just won their first playoff round since two thousand four, and then it was followed by a gut punch of a second round. And you know, it's it's they're like Charlie Brown in the football, and you almost feel bad for them because like you know, there's there's few markets. I mean, I'll, I'll say Edmonton's up there with them, but there's few markets that 
love their team the way Leafs fans love the Leafs. I mean, if you're wondering, just ask them. They'll tell you. But the, I you feel kind of bad for that for those fans sometimes because they've been so good. It kind of reminds me of you know the think of the the, the Flames in the '80s or that one like the post the post uh, Stanley Cup season, folks. Yep. The Flames were a very good team in '89, '90, yep. and then they just just completely fell flat in the playoffs, yep. and then they just couldn't get anything going in the playoffs for 15 years. Right. Right. No, it's it's an unforgiving league and and you've got these two stories. And it's a good point you raise because I think, you know, I don't have no affinity for a Canadian team. You know, that's what we got the Olympics for the world championships. But the, the McDavid story is a good one. That's a, I think you're right. I think a lot of people would have tuned in to watch the superstar and, and to a lesser extent, uh, Matthews as well. Um, having said that, five teams left. How do you think it breaks in Dallas tonight? <sighs> It's a coin toss to me. I'm, I'm leaning Dallas because they've been there before. They sort of have a veteran group who's sort of been yeah. through this kind of stuff before. And, and you know, they went to that heartbreak against Calgary last year. As much as we want to say it was a watershed moment for the Flames franchise, that was a gut punch for Dallas. I mean, sure they were, they've been, they've been around it for so long. They've been that, that group that they put together is so close to being great. And yep. they, I think they just, they, they founded that gear during this postseason, And so I I'm leaning Dallas, but I wouldn't be dissatisfied with either outcome because I think Seattle has been one of the, the best unsung stories of the league this year, where they were just not very good last year for a lot of different reasons. And then just their fortune swung the other way this year, they've been much healthier. They didn't mm -hmm. have, like, they were one of the teams that dealt that uh, had to deal with COVID more so than a lot of teams last year. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't really, they weren't able to really run their full group out for the most of the season. And this year it's just, it's just gelled for them. And, you know, they're an easy team to root for. And sure. honestly, I, that's just going to be a hell of a, a game, no matter who wins. I think that the importance of Seattle in the grand scheme of things is again, a team that was very beat. I, yes. They had a good regular season, but you know, using the measuring stick of the Calgary flames, the flames beat them couple times and and you know they weren't world beater but they came together and it all worked at the right time and that whole idea of just get to the playoffs and the other part that i'm curious two-parter for you uh aiden hill kind of buggers up a lot of theories doesn't he because you got to have a really good goaltender you got to have you gotta yeah i guess but dude's made 38 saves last night and he's an afterthought yeah right? i mean he's He's good enough. He's, I think Calgary you know, kid, by the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this: there, there's a there's a, a mindset towards cap management early in the the cap era that was just saying you don't need to have great goaltending; you mm -hmm. just need to have good enough. Mm -hmm. Like if if the Flames had league average goaltending this year, they'd be in the playoffs by by you know very comfortably. Yeah, but they had league worst goaltending. Right. So you just you don't need to have great goaltending because yep. great goaltending can be expensive. Yep. You just need to have not bad goaltending. Yeah. And you know the Vegas got thoroughly not bad goaltending for that the playoffs, and they 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 rolled out five different guys between the pipes this year, and you know they they at one point uh, Freddie Brathwaite, the Vegas the 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 Henderson Silver Knight goaltending coach, had to dress in Henderson as their backup because they ran out of they ran out of goalies in the system because they kept pulling guys up to the to the American from the American League to the NHL. Yeah. So like that's that's a group that's had to go through the ringer, but. I think they've developed a comfort with whoever the hell is back there with the, with the pads on. And as a result, they just, they don't really seem to play any differently with Jonathan quick, with Yuri Patera, with uh, whoever. And now that they have Aiden Hill back there, they just seem like they're like, you know, they, they play big games. They play tight, tough games with him and net in the regular season. 
and he produced and they went, okay, we're fine with that. Yep. So they don't, they just, they don't need to worry about that. They just focus on other things. And I think that level of flexibility with any number of good enough goaltenders has given them a lot of confidence. Any expectation that they'll get healthier in that position? <laughs> ah, who knows? Who yeah. knows? Okay. But uh, it's honestly, if they get, if they do get healthier, I mean, then you have some choices and I'm, I'm sure, you know, having different options to throw at uh, Seattle or Dallas in yeah. the, the third round, that's, that's a, a nice little wrinkle to have. Whether the rest of the hockey world wants to acknowledge it or not, there's a nice little rivalry between Florida and Carolina. I, I don't mind this Eastern old, Conference, right? The old Southeast Division, eh? Yeah, yeah. I don't mind this. Um, coaches are involved, and, you know, and, and there's a little history here. Um, but I keep going back to Carolina are killers. They are. Like, they may lose this series, but they're killers. Like, they're just cold-blooded. Uh, this one, I don't even know where to go on it. I, I want Kachuk to win, I guess. I don't know. I just want seven games because I think all seven games are going to be entertaining. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's the type of game, it's a type of series where you look at it on paper, you go, well, the games will be boring. Mm -hmm. Chuck will fall on a goalie at least twice mm -hmm. per game. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have crowds in either building that are just round and round or loud and rowdy. And you're going to have, you know, a war of words from the coaches. Like Rod Brindamore is one of my favorite interviews in the league because yep. he gets it. Like yep. he got it when he was a player and he gets it now. Yep. Paul Maurice is just sneaky, smart. Like, Yep. He's always smart, but he finds a way to say smart things in a way mm -hmm. that dumbs them down for you so you can process them well. And like he's he's so he might be the one of the better coaches of the league in terms of being able to to distill really complex stuff into really simple sound bites. And you know, it's it's two really fun markets. I mean, you know, yeah. especially Carolina. I mean, Carolina was sort of, you know, people used to snicker about them, yeah. like, ah ha ha, they're doing yeah. the clapping thing. That's funny. But you know, they've developed under Tom Dundon and, and that leadership group, such a really unique team culture that it's kind of neat just to be able to sort of that, see a bit more of a shine put on them. Because like, if you're, if you're someone and you're trying to reboot a team, you know, we always talk about there's teams to try to emulate. You don't want to emulate everything from other teams, but it's a copycat league. And you, you figure out how Vegas has been so consistently successful with what they are trying to do. And you also figure out in terms of just helping people to rally around a team in a community, rally is doing it right. And the, I think just the ability to turn something that people didn't really care or think that much about outside of a, a really loyal, hardcore fan base mm -hmm. and expand it to the point where now it's one of the hottest tickets in the league. Like people need to copy what the current, what the hurricanes are doing. Cause it's fun. No, I agree with you. And, and, you know, Dundon was immediately ostracized because he wasn't doing things the way that everybody else I, does things. I was I was at the, the the Chicago draft in 2017, right? Actually, he uh, he bought the team. Yep. And there was, you know, you've been to the draft. For yep. folks who haven't been to the draft, there's 30 odd tables of white dudes in suits crowded around in suits. You know, it looks like you're you're seeing like you know versions of like 300 versions of the same guy. Yep. And then there's billionaire Tom Dundon in a tracksuit, just wandering around like he looks like he yep. just came from the gym but he doesn't care like he's 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 enjoying himself care. he's having fun right. and you know that table was cracking jokes they were hooting and hollering like they were having a grand old time and since that like, since he came in i think he's just managed to change the temperature in that market in a yeah. way that seems to have allowed people just to focus on what they want to do a little closer to home, the playoffs continue for the Wranglers tonight in Coachella Valley. That series tied at a game apiece. Uh, Calgary coming back on Friday uh, to split the series. But because of the wacky, crazy schedule, uh, the next three games are in Coachella Valley. So a little yep. bit of a, 
upward climb, I would say, for Mitch Love's team, which is hard to say about a club that finishes first overall. And I don't know, because they, they, the, they were the best road team in the American Hockey League last year. Yeah, I know. But Coachella, again, they're pretty good too, right? If there's, if there's uh, one group of folks cheering for the Seattle Kraken tonight, it's probably Mitch Love and his coaching staff because, you know, uh, Ty Cartier would stay up with the, the Kraken. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, he's missing game game three. And that could be the difference. The you know the, yep. an extra day or two without Ty Kart Ty could make the difference. So uh, I, they're yeah they're good. I I was in attendance uh, as a fan for game two. Mm-hmm. God, Seattle's fast. But I think you know the uh, game one was the the Wranglers getting super scrambly, and it was very much a rope a dope game, which all due respect to the teams involved does not play into the, the strengths of the Wranglers very much, yep. but they played a much more tight checking structure game. They slowed things down. They made uh, coach Ella Valley really work for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the template. And, you know, if, if the Wranglers can go in and, you know, do their thing, play a good road game, they, they basically play game two at home, like a road team. Yeah. They, yeah. and I think that's their ability to, change their approach or impose an approach on another team that's one of the things they've been so good at this year and i think that's one of the reasons why you know they're playing so late because they can just they can just grind it out and say no this is the type of game you're playing with us tonight so we'll see it's a i think you know i would say whoever wins game two or game three rather would uh, be the team that probably wins the series but it, it still to me feels like a game that probably goes all five games because of yeah. how little there is a margin between the two teams uh, minor league hockey's come a long way when you're in the playoffs and you're going to spend a week in Palm Springs, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure all the pro it's, scouts. It's uh, not Kalamazoo. Like, <laughs> it's not Toledo. Yeah, it's not Toledo. Some of those minor uh, minor hotspots. Um, to the big club we go. Uh, more and more uh, names. I wouldn't say more and more, but more names uh, coming out in the search for general managers or for a general manager. Sorry, they only need one. Um, thoughts on some of the names that have been appearing here over the weekend? Oh, there's, there's a lot of them. I heard, I've heard that the, the, the list is upwards of 30 guys before, or 30 names, depending on how you want to define the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm still partial to the internal options, but I think some of the external options are very interesting. I, I wrote something for the, for flamesation.ca for today on uh, Eric Tulski from yep. the, uh, the Carolina hurricanes. If you like Chris snow, you'll love Eric Tulski because Eric Tulski is a blogger. Eric Tulski is a blogger who came up as a flyers fan through mm-hmm. the, the local blogs. And he actually worked, you know, for NHL numbers uh, in the national Nash network for a little bit. Yep. And he, he just became a guy that got hired. He's one of the the many of our alumni who got hired into organizations. And, you know, he's, he's someone that can just translate numbers at a high level into tactics. There's a few people like that. Uh, Alexandra uh, Mandrick uh, over at, over in Seattle is another one of those people. Uh, Sam Ventura in uh, Buffalo is another one of those. So if you're someone going, Oh, you know what they need to do? They need, they need to double down on analytics there's three or four really smart people who could really build on what Chris snow has been doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an appealing proposition. If you're looking for people who have worked extensively in hockey ops and have run teams, I mean, uh, you know, Brandon Pridham uh, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the flames, according to Frank Cervalli of daily Faceoff, have, uh, have, or are intending to request uh, permission to speak with him. He's someone you should speak with because he's very smart. He, he runs their salary cap uh, and they're, he's their CBA expert. There's a few, again, a few other guys like that. Uh, so, the thing that that's fascinating to me is 
you know, I don't think you're going to find one person that's done everything because outside of, let's say, let's say the obvious outside of the people who worked in Arizona, who had to do everything because they didn't have a lot of resources looking at you for actually living. Uh, it's really difficult with the way hockey or organizations are set up to become first in everything. So yeah. you're really basically finding subject matter experts in one thing or the other case in point in Calgary, uh, you know, Brad Pascal has run their development apparatus for several years. He's been very good at it. The team has been final four in the league last year and, you know, in the second round or third round this year. So very, they're, they've done a good job with that. I don't think that can be disputed. But if you also look at some of the other things they've been doing, I mean, Craig Conroy sort of had his fingers in a bit of everything in terms of contract negotiations, scouting college, scouting Europe, scouting amateur. Uh, he's, you know, very much involved in sort of helping out the, the group with their amateur scouting and building the list to the Right. Point where, you know, he's I don't think he, he's normally not I don't think uh, he's in charge of any one area, but he's sort of trusted enough to sort of dabble in everything and sort of be asked his opinion on a lot of different things. But, you know, that's that's again, that's the kind of fun thing, because, you, you know, you're going to what they who they choose and what subject matter expertise that individual has will tell you a lot about what the flames feel they value as they move forward. And, you know, I think we're. We're probably about a week or so away from getting some clarity on that simply because we're coming up uh, a week or so away from yep. scouting meetings. And yep. they said they want to have someone in place. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, th- I think part of that conversation needs to be the staff you'll hire too, right? Because yep. to your point, nobody is an expert in everything. So, you know, do you come to the table going, yeah, I'm, you know, this is not a strength for me. That's why I would be looking to bring in X, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, I think a lot of these conversations with all these smart people is, you know, what is this? Like, if I, if I'm working, if I'm interviewing Eric Tulski, even if I don't think, even if I'm thinking in the back of my mind, if I offered Eric Tulski a job, he'll go to his owner and say, here's what they're offering me. And they might just make him GM there. Like, mm-hmm. cause mm-hmm. John Waddell is GM and president. Yeah. And a lot of the day-to-day is run by Eric Tulski. Yeah. So he might just, he might not be an option, but you still want to talk to him because, sure. you know, if you go, so how do you, how do you guys run things in 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 Carolina? Like, what's your structure like? What works with that structure? What don't you like about that structure? Because if you're the Flames, like the Flames have had the same basic structure for a decade, yeah, and it's worked for what they've wanted to do. But if you're thinking, well, you might change a little bit of what they want to be doing, or you know, even something that's just as simple as how's communication work internally. Like, there's a lot of different things they can tweak and i i'd want to talk to everyone i can just about how things are organized who does what and why and how does it all come together because you know if nothing else then you know if you hire so if you hire somebody like let's say you hire craig conroy you know say greg you know here's you know while we were talking to these other guys before we hired you you know there's five different setups for how a hockey ops organization can be set up that we think we're kind of curious about and Maybe he'd have opinions on it. Maybe he mm-hmm. likes it the way it is. Maybe yep. he wants to change it up. But I think that would really inform a lot of different things. So yeah, it's it's uh it's gonna be fascinating because I th- I I would be shocked if they hired just one person. I think they're obviously hiring a GM, they're obviously hiring a coach. But in terms of hockey ops, I mean you're hiring a GM and then you know you're probably if if you hire a Craig Conroy, you gotta replace Craig Conroy. If you yep. hire Brad Pascal, you gotta replace Brad Pascal. That's right. Things like that. So I think yep. what they do and then the the ripple effects from that are going to be very instructive in terms of seeing what they, what they value. Yeah, I know. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, anything in, in terms of here we are almost nearing the midway point of this provincial election. The arena was announced prior to it, but it has a connection. Are we hearing anything arena related in the last week or so? No. 
the next uh, the next meeting of the committee won't be until uh, the Monday after the election. So they'll have something to talk about one way or the other, because, you know, if uh, if yep. one party gets in, they've said, oh, we're definitely going to do this. So there's no reason to announce something, run on it. And then after you win, go, wait, never mind. So, I mean, you could always do that. If you get a majority government, you can do the hell. You yeah, want. I, I really wish you wouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> you know, Wouldn't I that, hate, to, hate to see that happen. Yeah, it, it'd be funny, but it's funny in like a terrible way. That's exactly uh, but, it. But on yeah. the other hand, I mean, you know, I've been talking to some folks about this. You know, if you're, I'll say this, if you're the NDP, and I don't care how people vote. People, you know, yep. I'm very apolitical. I have my opinions, but my opinions are everyone else's. Uh, I'd be fascinated, your opinion, Rob, on why do you think the NDP hasn't gone out on a limb saying, yeah, we're definitely doing this or no, we're not doing this because I, I've seen Rachel Notley has been very tactical in yeah. terms of saying, well, we need to see more details, which, yeah, I think getting the full, you know, the full swath of details is smart, <laughs> but not saying definitely no, not saying definitely yes. So there is, there's plenty of elections. We saw this in the municipal election both mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. There was pro arena candidates and anti arena candidates. And it made the discourse very easy because, you know, the sale, the sales pitch would be, Oh, if you want, if you want to, the, the, the claims to have in your arena, you need to vote for so-and-so. Uh, we don't have that here. And almost intentionally, it's been almost intentional. No, I think it's, I think it's fully intentional. I think it's, um, it's a tactic of letting her, well, I guess they're both hers in that case, the two leaders, but letting Danielle Smith own it as a, you know, a political piece. And I also think, you know, just my view of provincial politics, the NDP are viewed as a non-business friendly party. So, you know, they don't want to give any freebies to the other side, right? Yeah. If, they, if they establish a position, then the other side gets a chance to, you know, take that position and twist it or whatever. They're just leaving it hang out there. And that's that's part of, to your point, which is really smart, like nobody's talking about this. Even the UCP yeah. isn't talking. Like, I don't, I, I've complained loudly, like, get out there, sell this thing, like, sell this thing. But it is just laid there and nobody's touching it. And I don't yeah. think the NDP want to give the other side any kind of political football that they can run with or spike. And w we'll see what happens if they get in. And if they don't, then, you know, they may... You know, they may go back and go, geez, we should have. Um, it's just nobody's touching it. Yeah. And, you know, the you know, part of the part of the justification from the UCP in terms of why the, the three hundred million dollars was allocated was, oh, you know, the, the city's been asking for downtown revitalization yep. money for a bunch of different things. And, yep. you know, if we can we can debate economic uh, development mm -hmm. all we want. But, you know, if the idea is, oh, you're going to throw some money at, at the at the East Village area and the Rivers District and you'll attract stuff from other places. So, right. you know, you're not it's not like you're going to create extra, you know, no, it's not like the city of Calgary is suddenly going to have citizens with a bunch of extra, you know, uh, disposable income. No, but no instead no. of spending it in instead of spending their money you know, in the, in the far flung outskirts, they'll come downtown. So right. that's in terms of economic development, that's the kind of economic development it'll attract. And in terms right. of the, the downtown strategy, that's the whole point of the downtown strategy, getting people downtown from elsewhere. Absolutely. And, and so the, the city's, you know, thought process was, well, hundred million dollars a year from the province to sink into this, that, the other thing. Great. That's, you know, it's, it's, it's something useful. Yep. What I would really love is some clarity in terms of regardless of who's in power, 
if this is what the city feels like, you know, okay, this is this is the what we're asking Santa for Christmas, regardless of who Santa is. Mm-hmm. We're going to ask him for for a hundred million dollars to throw in this district for infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Okay, if as long as as long as everyone involved is fine with this being the pennies from heaven they get, if if everyone's cool, if is okay with it, I mean, I have my opinions on how they should spend the money, but. If this is if if the government if both levels of government are okay with wearing this yep in terms of this is what the the city asked for and this is what the province delivered yep I don't think it necessarily matters who's in government as long as they figure out everyone's comfortable with this the transaction I mean well again, and, and, and to <laughs> your point the, the one thing that the the Daniel Smith did if if Rachel Notley gets in the one thing she did is provide a little cover and by that I mean we're not paying for the building. Right. This money, to your point, this is infrastructure money. This is going to roads. And, you know, and meanwhile, we've got the Bell Center, the platform, the the, the library, all of these things, which will benefit. And we know that there's some cost issues there and, uh, you know, and some expenses there that aren't being met all the time. But now they're part of this. So everybody wins in this case. Right. So especially especially with the idea that, you know, anyone who's been to the Saddleome over the last not even a couple few years, but you know, the last five, oh. 10 years, it's a, it's a goddamn nightmare to get oh. in. And it's, 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 it's not going to get any better anytime oh, soon. And, 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 like, it's, it's nobody's fault, but it's like, no, if no, but if, if you're going to put in, it's yeah, a reality. If, if your thought process is like, I, I, I delved into this on the site, the, the one point two two three billion dollar price tag is a big friggin' scary number because it's objectively a big number. Like in terms yeah. of, you know, regardless of, regardless of how you cut this up, if you just if you even if you ignore the building, mm-hmm. ignore the the, uh, the infrastructure, just focus on the building. Mm-hmm. I think it's like an eight hundred and seventy million dollar building and something like five hundred something million dollars becoming. I think fifty nine percent of the direct uh, their anticipated direct construction costs would be towards the building, which would yep. make it I think top third in the league in terms of public money and in terms of just dollars, the richest public uh, expense on an, on an NHL arena in history. Uh, so. Okay, it is what it is. I mean, if if everyone's comfortable, somebody was going to be that, right? Somebody, yeah, it was it was going to happen somewhere. And if you're if you're thinking, okay, fine, whatever. And if you're okay with them, if with three hundred million dollars of infrastructure money, like you could argue that the infrastructure money needed to be spent because they've needed, you know, the the area to have better transportation links for ten years, twenty years. Okay, I mean, but I think I think it's, it, it'd be it'd be beneficial if. As you would said, like you, you always talk about you want someone to stump for a project or something. Absolutely. I would my my I don't necessarily need someone to advocate for a project. I would just want someone to have to own uh, the expenditures to say, yep. here is why we're doing this and here's yep. why we think it's a good idea. And I think we've seen yep. a lot of it for the building where you know the the, mm-hmm. the the city has gone out and said, here is the kind of development we think this will bring and the and stuff will be attracted. But I think the, the three hundred million dollars, I think, is the the big piece of it because if this is what you need to spend to make it all work to make like you're spending a crap ton of money on you know uh on bringing 17th in you're spending a yep. crap ton of money on the bmo center and the arena and this that the other thing and you're you're, you're also going to be doing a lot of work in arts commons you're doing a lot of work uh on the library at belt and you know the yep. uh the national music center that. yeah so if you're saying to me that all that money is kind of pointless unless you make people be able to get in and out of there properly and not have to scream and shout and plan their days around sitting in traffic for however long. Great. Just come out and say that. Just yep. someone needs to say, here is why this is important to this whole plan. And I don't think we've really had that. We don't have it. 
in, in, in some cases we don't have it. And I'm not pointing fingers at anybody in particular. It's more of a theory. We have managers. We don't have leaders. The difference being leaders tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And there's going to be some people that are going to hear some things that they need to hear but not want to hear, right? The reality of it is it's a disaster. Transportation-wise, it's a disaster. It needs to be fixed up. Even if the building, even if you were going to keep the uh, dome for the next 30 years, you still need to do it, right? So, yeah. you know, I agree with you. I, um, we'll, I'm hoping, like, in two weeks as this thing's to bed, I guess. Well, when's the election? Two weeks from today? Yeah, 29th. Yeah. yeah. So I hope this thing's to bed. On, I guess two weeks in a day. See, I I play my I play my life well because I'm traveling that day. I'm coming back from Vegas that day, so I'm I'm are voting you? early, and then I'm just going to the states and hiding for a long weekend. So there, I'll come see, back and this only put you to bed. are the smartest man in the world. I mean, I'm gonna lose my ass in Vegas, but at least you at don't least have gonna... to. You can go down and be at the pool all day. Right? I'll try. Okay. I'll try. Um, quickly before I let you go, uh, World Hockey Championships. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm not into them. It's the. Come on, you're you're not into seeing the USA just ragdoll hungry. I'm not. I'm really not. I, I think it's I think it's a tournament that it's underrated, but it's sort of an afterthought until it get you hit the medal rounds and you get you know like even last year or or two years ago when you know Andrew Mangiapane came in and was the story. Yes, he didn't yes. come into the last two or three games of the tournament. That's true. Yeah. And so he came in and Canada was you know they were they needed some help to make the 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 medal round and then he came in and he dragged them kicking and screaming. And right now, I mean, you know, we've seen some nice stories. Matt Coronado scored uh, the power play game winner for, uh, for for the United States over Germany today. Okay. And Mackenzie Weaker has been dynamite. Like, yeah. he's leading the tournament in points right now through three games. So there's some Is he good... changing your mind? Is he not changing your mind? His last couple of months here, he's not who I thought he was. He's beginning to impress, impress since, me in a different uh, way. Since the All-Star break, he was a... Uh... A half a point a player or game or point yeah. half a point a game player, yeah. and so he was on a, on a full year about a forty point pace, and that's with the power play being very average, average. to below average. Yeah, and so you know people people in my in my mentions every time on on social media I post something about Mackenzie Weger, people are like, can you bring this kind of thing to the NHL? Because that'd be really fun. And more and more, I mean, he he's got some size, he's got some smarts to him. He's got we already always knew he was a dynamite two way guy. He's showing more and more that sort of offensive dynamism and more and more. I'm thinking, Oh God, put him and Oliver Shillington together. And well, that would you just mentioned get... that today. And I thought that was a really interesting idea. That would give opposition coaches just Bits. nightmares. Cause you know, you have a guy who's big and a guy that can skate like the wind yep. and they can, and they complement each other really well. The knock on Shillington was always, he's just not going to be your shutdown guy. No. So don't let him be your shutdown guy. Have Put him with someone that can do a lot. And more and more, I, I have such a respect for Mackenzie Weger's two-way game. And if you put him with someone with, you know, he was playing with Rasmus Anderson, and I don't think it's a coincidence that both of them are just going off offensively. And that's post-car, that's post-getting hit by post, a car, Rasmus yes. Anderson. After you so, got hit by a car. Like, this is, I think the, the sky is the limit for, for Mackenzie and, Weger. And I think the sky could also be the limit for whoever plays with him. I'm enjoying the candor, too. I have no problem with him speaking his mind. I like it. I like He'll it. He'll be the next mayor at this rate. Yeah, it'd be it, well, he might. He's going to be part of that leadership group, I would think. Yeah, and, right? you know, he's he's always been, he at least during the year we got a chance to chat with him mm -hmm. really open, really engaging, really honest. And, you know, he also doesn't mind throwing in a, a joke every now and then, but it's not like if the team's playing like trash, he's not going to be 
you know, cracking jokes. It's when no, no. things are going okay and, you know, they think yeah. they've turned their corners on. So he's he's got that kind of situational social awareness that you really like to see. And I think something that, you know, so far has really resonated with Flames fans. Situational social awareness. That's my new – I want a T-shirt with that. That's my new favorite term because it's appropriate and accurate. Um, what is going on at Flames Nation these days? You're shutting it down, right? There's nothing to talk oh, about. Oh, goodness, no. There's nothing going on. Uh, we're going to have uh, GM stuff, coach stuff, draft stuff. And okay. uh, in the lead-up to uh, the provincial election, so basically next week, I have a metric shit ton of arena stuff. Uh, ah, we're going to – to it. We're going to be chopping up the the deal as it stands in a lot of different ways, a lot of little comparisons, adding some context okay. from other places and other markets. So, uh, you know, we were sort of letting it sit for a little bit so we can sort of see what other details came up. And, you know, and now we're like, OK, now it's time to empty the notebook because, you know, it might be useless in a couple of weeks or it might be very, very useful. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. Uh, no show next Monday. So we'll hopefully catch up to you in the middle of next week. As always, Ryan, appreciate this. Cool. Take care. Thanks, buddy. And just like that, he's gone. Brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard. Skisellersnowboard.com. Opened in 1946. Three locations. And it's not just skis and snowboards. Warm clothes. You don't need them today. But get a deal on them now so you have them for the fall and winter next year. By the way, we are live in the Oodle Noodle studio. Local, love, delicious. Since opening their first store back in 2005, Oodle Noodle has been all flavor and just the right amount of weird. Two locations in Calgary and area, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest, 105 Main Street North and Airdrie. Pick up and delivery. Uh, Final mile for you today. Uh, Just, I guess, a heads up, first of all, uh, Danny Austin on Wednesday, he'll be hosting uh, he's got Peter Marr Friday, Craig Button and Eric DeHatchek on the show next Monday. No show. Uh, I'll be back with you Wednesday and Danny's got a week Friday as well. So, uh, we got a lot going on these days, uh, but glad that Danny can, uh, sneak in. I don't know if he had a chance, but his 50 things to watch with the flame, uh, the flames with the stamps is out. It came out on Saturday. So certainly worth checking out. Um, cannot believe this weather, cannot believe how stamps camp has started without snow. Uh, that it's quite possible that this weekend, the long weekend, is going to have uh, gorgeous weather, albeit maybe too hot because uh, the fire bands will be in, fa- uh, in place and that's going to be rough on, on campers and things like that. Um, just wanted to, to remind everybody, um, just some great things going on in our city right now. So make sure you're checking them out. Uh, again, full disclosure, I, I'm helping them out with the community programming, but the Calgary Surge are less than two weeks away from opening their home uh, schedule in the CEBL at Winsport. That's coming up on the 27th. Uh, great, great weather for the cavalry here in the first couple of weeks. Uh, still looking for those wins, but the weather has been incredible. Take advantage of it. And if you get a chance, uh, check out Sandra Persina. She's calling the uh, uh, the uh, Wranglers games uh, against Coachella Valley, and, and she's doing a super job. So lots of reasons to be optimistic. Lots going on. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us. We'll be back on Wednesday. I won't be, but Danny and Peter Marr will be. Uh, our outstanding producer today was Jack. He did an amazing job. Thanks to Colin Patterson. Thanks to Ryan Pike. Uh, we will talk to you very soon. Thanks, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.